thing is that people are like, oh, I just want to start new. It's like, but you're starting new with like all the skills that you, I don't know, somebody, I, I probably heard somebody say that as well too. So I don't want to take credit for like, that, <laughs> like the concept of like being able to really ground yourself in all the work that you've already done to get here and to be really grateful that like you have the skills now so that what it is that you're moving forward into it is new, but it's done in with like a fresh pair of eyes, but it's also still being able to acknowledge that like you've worked so hard to get to this point where you have the skills that are going to be able to move forward with you. And if So I always ask um, every guest that comes on to like give one word to kind of describe something that's been on their mind a lot lately. Like if you had to do that, what, do you, what would you say that word would be? Transitions. Transitions? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Expand on that. What do you mean by transitions? I don't know. You said one word. <laughs> well now i'm telling you to expand on it <laughs> no Let's you're like into... expand i'm like i w yeah okay so let's um, start with the one word and then we'll expand yeah yeah there. No, I know, I know. <laughs> um well i guess like the idea is uh just i started school in uh september again so i'm going back to school for expressive art therapy um so that's been really awesome like just using all the the work that i've done like performing but then like now it's in a more so like figuring out how to like help support other people in like a different way. Um, I'm starting like a, like a job that I, I've been doing some work with them, but like, I just started, like I signed like, well, I'm going to be signing like a contract with them and stuff till like May. So it's just like a lot of transitions from like where I was at and then uh, kind of going into where I'm wanting to be. So um, yeah, it's just been really good and also challenging, you know, like anytime that I'm, you know, you're in, in situations where you're going from one space to the next. It's like, yeah, this is growth and it's good. But like, is, is it really like, you know, like sometimes you know, you're like, yeah. what am I leaving behind? But like, that's yeah. a big thing about situations like this. You end up having to leave certain things behind when you do move into the next phase, you know? So um, that's part of, um, yeah, that's been a, a big part of my life these days um, of just figuring out what I want to bring forward with me and what I want to actually um, keep working on. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Transitions and like sort of embracing change has been a, a common theme too on the podcast. And I'm like, yeah. I think that was really the pandemic that kind of set it off. But what made you want to go into like schooling for this new like expressive art therapy? Yeah. Um, well, when I first started looking into the, so I've just been like, you, you, since you've known me, I've been obsessed with therapy, right? Like, you know, like I'm always like, talking about how my therapist is the best and like how much yeah, I love yeah. him kind of stuff. And like, so I felt like from the conversations I was having with her, I felt like I was like really getting pretty, like I, I understood most of the stuff that we were talking about in full. And when she would uh, give any of her input and things like that, I felt like I would love to be in that role. Right. Um, but I didn't want to go back to school for like psychotherapy because it's very specifically like talk therapy. And um, for me, like I started off in standup, which was quite a lot of like, you know, talking and like writing and things like that. And I was like, man, it's such a beautiful, expressive art in itself. And to be able to, in the future, hopefully be able to help people like hold space for them to 
um, it being therapeutic to like actually create art um, in the avenues that I already have. So one of the actual, um, so I started looking into art therapy and I realized that art therapy was much more like, you're trying to like make metaphorical things from what you're creating in the art. Um, so you make the art and then you're like, oh, I see a lot of red or like these shapes. What does that mean or whatever? Whereas, like, yeah, that's art therapy. Whereas is it more like a free flow then? Like when you're doing the art therapy, it's just like whatever comes to your mind, just start painting something. So that's the And thing that's what I'm, you read into? Yeah. So I'm not fully sure exactly with art therapy. What I understood of it was like, mm. you're trying to interpret everything when you were creating it. Whereas expressive art therapy was like more so about the process and the experience of it, your relational connection to a p the piece of art that you're creating. Or even when you're on stage, it's not about like the content of like, oh, you talked about your family a lot. You're probably still worrying about your family. Yes, that probably is. But at the same time, it's like, what did it feel like being on stage and sharing your voice? You know, like that's more so expressive art therapy. So it's more relational, more about connecting. So for me, I felt also that expressive art therapy was like a niche um, thing, which was a little bit outside the box and a little bit strange. And I was like, that's much more me than like art <laughs> yeah, therapy. Yeah, yeah. Art therapy is like much more like, um, well, it's much more well known and like people know about it more and they connect to it um, more so. Whereas like what I'm doing, it's a little bit outside the box. It's very different. There's only a couple schools in Canada for it. Like, so it's just been a really cool experience. And so making that decision definitely came in the pandemic though. Like during the time that I've had to like reflect on my, like by myself and like really just think about what is, what I want in my life, like being able to sit with myself. I realized that like, I've been trying to prove myself for so long and like to show people like whether it's in performance arts or like my family or like, everybody else like just trying so hard to like prove that I can do it that I wasn't listening as much you know like when I was like maybe like 10 years ago or so it was like I had such an open mind to like life and like experiences and learning and like the last couple of years I just kept stepping forward as an expert you know like in my you know when I'm hosting weddings or like when I'm like working with kids or like all these things that people pay me money for, I had to be an expert at them, right? And I felt that it was really draining for me and it wasn't where I wanted to be. So in the pandemic, I really wanted to open myself up more. So I like took like a kid's writing class with like BIPOC TV and film um, nice. between May and March. So that was really cool. And then that really actually made me think like, oh, am I open to doing school? Because that was two days a week. And then um, this course was, so basically I was like, I'm going to apply for this class. I'm going to get in. Like, I didn't know if I was going to get in, but I was like, in my mind, I was like, okay, I'm going to get in. And once I get in, I'm going to see if I'm down for more schooling, if it's something that I enjoy. And I really enjoyed it. You know, like I could tell that I didn't want to go into uh, kids like writing, like TV writing specifically. Um, but it showed me that I was super down for school. And like, since I started school in September, I've just loved it. Like I missed class last week because I had like a big uh, event and like, I just ended up like being like oh man I really miss class right and it's like I've never felt like that that's like not I was just gonna say that's a, that's almost like they should almost tell like I don't know high school kids that they need to perhaps like wait until they're like mid-20s before they even think about what they want to go to school for because like you want to be excited for what you're going to school oh, yeah. for Otherwise, you're just going to like skip class and, and really take for granted maybe a loan that you got to pay for your tuition. Oh, yeah. 
it's just yeah. it's foolish almost to give 18 year olds that much power <laughs> the thing though is that like our oh man are we gonna get into it like our system is not created to like uh... empower people and to like help people feel as if they can autonomously create the path in their life that's not what the system has been built upon like it's not it's not for that yeah yeah it's not at all for that it's like how do we make it so that families as a whole end up putting their children through like like school and they don't want them to go when they're at their best because they want them to go into multiple courses they want them to be like part of the system right away it's like if a kid doesn't know what to do oh just put them in school and then he'll figure it out learn something yeah that's what it is right you learn something and like grow whatever but it's like yeah for 20k a year like you're just you know and it's I remember my buddy telling me about that, about university, about how um, the one university he was going to, he's like, if you took a program and you were doing poorly in the program, they didn't kick you out. They would just say, oh, why don't you transfer to like this program instead? Like it might be better yeah. for you. So then you're just giving money again, but over here, yeah. it's like, you don't get that money refunded. It's like, they just shift you over to a new yeah. thing. <laughs> Which like- is like, if you think about it as a business plan, that's pretty like, that's retention. Mm-hmm. You're and- then they also will be needing to finish the courses and they'll the be buying cur- books. They'll be buying food. Yeah, they'll be exactly. living there. Like yeah. it's a, college is a money-making like Dude, machine it, right now. Absolutely. And it's really hard to not feel like I'm part of that system because like, obviously like my teachers are super like sweet and they're all like, you know, art therapists or expressive art therapists and like things like that. But like, it still is like a school system, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It's like, it's what's interesting is like, it feels like it's somewhere in the middle, right? Because it's like, it's it, it's similar to like post-secondary, educa- post-secondary education. Yes, it is post-secondary education. But what it is, is that like, it's not like they're trying to take advantage of all the little, like they're not being like, oh, your books are going to cost you like, uh, like, you know, thousand dollars or something. It was yeah. like- I remember my early books. college books were like, three four hundred dollars i was like what it was crazy and then the resale value was like 60 bucks you're like yeah and they had had like a a store yeah yeah to buy back the books buy back the books and then they'll sell the used books for like 20 dollars less than it was just crazy right it's like (sighs) this right so like i could see that there's certain elements inside of my school that are like like the books and everything they gave us like um packages um that are like pdfs or whatever and for most of the readings and then they got us to buy like three books and it was like 150 bucks total or something for the whole year so i was like you know they're not trying to force us into this like and if people don't buy the books i honestly don't think that they would even care like if you don't do the readings um it's it's just part so for me it's like yeah it's like that's what keeps happening too it's like i keep being part of these systems but i'm figuring out how to still be myself inside of them and if it doesn't fit then I'm more comfortable to say, hey, yeah, that doesn't really work for me. But like, what's crazy is that that's been really working for me because I'm starting to see how much I can contribute to these wor- these realms that they have and the boxes that they've created in, like me being able to be myself to the level that I am to not like give up my soul to them um, really actually helps them too, because it helps them think outside of the box, right? And I've had a lot of really good conversations, even the job that I'm like signing the contract for, like, I didn't even do a workshop with them yet. And at one point I was like, I think I can build workshops for you guys. And then they're like, what, what do you, and then I was explaining to them kind of like how I was doing, how I was doing it previously. And um, I, I watched them run some of their workshops and I was like, I can, I can totally run like the, like a workshop and I built one 
and I, I brought somebody in like my, like I met somebody and I brought her in without them even meeting her. And we ran a workshop and then the place booked us again, like for two more workshops with wow. that. You know what I mean? Like it was just, yeah, and yeah, yeah. We've never done anything like that before, but it was because I was so certain of like what it is that I can contribute. And the guy was just like, what the hell? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. let's like, I was like, this is us trying it out and it worked. Right. So that's the thing is it's, it's about, um, it's a big hard part fear to get over though is like a lot of people don't want to interject a better way perhaps to do something exactly. or they want to sit back but like that right there is like it it can it can actually help like and it's almost worth taking that risk because they might be like eternally grateful to you now for like being able to set something up like this that was a pain to them before perhaps absolutely absolutely well another thing that you're like the thing is that if people aren't willing to take risks inside of their business, then they're not having their clients and the people that they're working for at the top of their needs, right? If they are complacent and wanting to just be a part of a system and continuously do the same things, that's because they're afraid of growth. It's, it reminds me of like stand-up comedians who have been doing it for like 30 years and they're still telling like, my, um, my wife is like this and like women and men are like this joke, you know, How about like, that airplane food. Am yeah. I right, folks? Yeah. <laughs> and then you're just like, yo, that like, that place doesn't even exist after like 12 years or whatever. Yeah. 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 Their references like, they, are like out of date. Yeah. They don't care. Right. So, or they'll change yeah. the reference to like, what's a Hey, uh, tell me what's an updated reference <laughs> of the exact same thing. And I was like, that just sounds like a, like a cheat code for like, just like just um, be, you know, they're just, just swapping out the words. Yeah. 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 And that's what it, I guess like a lot of what I've realized inside of um, uh, my, my time in, in everything pretty much, it really just comes back down to growth. It comes back down to like, what is it that I truly want is to like continue to learn continue to grow and just like get better at what it is that I'm doing and that's like sometimes obviously that gets exhausting which is like why it's important to like have rest and like breaks and like you know create um organically and like um or not through like, like some force pressure where you're being yeah. paid for it or like yeah yeah yeah, I get that. yeah. yeah. it's so important you know like I think there's a lot of people out there that have that certain element of pressure that I think they're they're getting overwhelmed with you know so um but yeah yo i haven't talked to you in a while though like i love to know like what you've been up to too you like you moved to ottawa right like we're yeah. both in ottawa right now i know it's so weird yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what area do you live in um over like nepean that kind of area i'm in nepean what <laughs> yeah yeah i live right by um uh, gonkun college oh nice yeah you're so close <laughs> yeah where do you live like hogsback Oh, okay cool yeah yeah that's super close that's like 10 minutes hell yeah i gotta get an in-person studio set up then yo that'd be so sick funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah i didn't even like I, I i used to do intros at the start of the podcast but i'm like no i'll just like play the podcast but for anyone who's watching this and you're you've already gotten to this point uh this is anto chan we were roommates back in the day and uh, we also did another podcast together called Pod Jobs, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't think you can find any of those episodes. That was a fun podcast. Oh, it was great. Yeah. yeah. And we interviewed so many cool people on that. Like, was, it I looked crazy. back through the folder and there was like a lot. There was like a lot of episodes. I was like, holy shit. We How did many a episodes lot. did we do? I think we did like almost 50. Wow. Yeah. yeah I was like, crazy. damn. And they were like, long. some of them were long too. Like some oh, of them yeah. just like kept it going, like whatever. Yeah that was the weed for sure uh 
dude that was the funniest one just meeting Lars for the first time like well second time <laughs> and, and doing a podcast and we just get fried and all we did was talk about croissants and cucumber water <laughs> for like two hours oh yeah that was at his place right that yeah, was yeah. funny yeah wow that was like I really enjoyed that and you took them off eh? like uh, offline no I think um because I had them on Libsyn or whatever that site is once okay. you like stop paying for it, they just remove it after a certain point. Oh, okay, okay. So I think it's just gone after that, but I still have all the original files. So nice. That's great. The only yeah, problem it's- is it's just, there's no, uh, there's no video. So it's all just like audio files. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that, man. That was a great time. And that was like, even at my old place and then from the podcast, us getting to know each other, that's how we ended up moving in together. Yeah. So that was like, yo, my favorite moment still was when we first saw, like we went to um, the, basement one and it was like 1400 and you have to like pay the deposit today and like and we we're gonna live there and yeah, we were like, we were oh like let's God. hold it because we don't have anywhere to go yeah, yeah. We nowhere to go and then the next like day or two days later we go to see like the place uh and then right when we walk in it was like a loft space so and it was nice like, epic like you're just <laughs> and so the same happy. amount yeah same amount <laughs> i was like Remember we were like, that other lady go fuck herself. It was like a We're like, can we can we have a moment? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and then he's like, okay, and he went on the other side of the door, and we're like, ah. Oh, that was so funny. Yeah, and then that roof was probably the best part. The roof, like overlooking the city, getting to take advantage of that rooftop before it got like kiboshed was Mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah, that was one of my favorite things about that spot for sure. Yeah, and just being able to like see kind of like all the the stuff that's happened since like how what year was that that you moved out? Was it 2019, 2018? No, I think it was like maybe 2018. Yeah. Maybe 20 early 2019. Oh. Or was it 2017? I'm trying to think. No, no, not 2017. No. That was when we moved out. Uh, yeah, when, yeah, yeah, yeah okay okay yeah dude that place was lit it looked almost like a uh like a sitcom like movie set like the way the door was <laughs> with a couple <laughs> steps it was definitely like a sitcom for sure yeah you're uh, expecting kramer like, to come um, flying through the door at any second <laughs> yeah you never knew and i ne- i didn't lock the downstairs that like often right and people would just come through the the restaurant and yeah. then the front door was like open quite a lot too so like sometimes i'd like you know, I, I'd walk out from my room and there was like people just hanging out in like the living room and stuff. And I was like, oh, hey, how's it going? You're like, hey, yeah. what's up, man? Good to see you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy though. This reminds me of sometimes when I see somebody I haven't seen in like, like 10 years or 15 years or something. And then I'll like run into them and then they'll be like, um, oh, so how you been? And then I'm just like, oh my God, like, what do you, uh, like, <laughs> like, overwhelmed uh happy, yeah yeah, yeah. Like, i didn't grateful, even answer the question yeah, yeah. like i'm like all of the things and that's just today yeah, so, like, yeah, yeah. What, what's happening like 10 years of that like what's happened 10 years ago you know so man it's, it's crazy that. what what happens even just within the scale of a year like i want to ask you about that like your your check-ins with growth but like i always look at like everything in like one year time frames like where was i a year ago and then where do i think i might be in the next year 
And every time I look back, I'm like, there's no way I could have imagined I would be here right now. So it's like thinking yeah. a year ahead. It's like, you can't even plan. You can't even start mm. to wonder where you might be like, you could try, but uh, I what do you, well, Okay. Let's just go for three things. What's three things that you think that you'll be doing in one year? Podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> Living in Ottawa. Okay. Um, and loving my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that if you didn't say your girlfriend thing, you'd be you'd be screwed. Like no, no, no. She's chill. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great, man. Yeah. So I only got to meet her for like five seconds. Um yeah, I, dude, no. it was sorry it was freezing oh no no sorry necessary it was yeah Yeah. i couldn't believe how cold it got i was like man yeah i'm I'm gonna die out here (laughs) they're like (laughs) comedy outside (laughs) it's all for johnny rogers it's like i gotta go see you (laughs) yeah for sure that's that's definitely what i do though but yeah man i've been good like i i moved here so that i could be closer to family because i'm gonna be an uncle so um that's sick getting to see that my family like more than a couple times a year already has been nice sure and they're in Brockton still right yeah yeah nice yeah but it's like way faster for them to just pop up here than it would be to get them to drive you know the four hours to to Toronto and and how often is that happening you know like it's never no I always had to come down yeah I remember your parent didn't your parents stay with us I don't even remember exactly Mm -hmm. what happened yeah yeah <laughs> yeah they stayed one time <laughs> yeah that was crazy my was my crazy. friends poor friend styles that yeah, he slept on the styles who was on the podcast he was on like yeah. a, a couple earlier episode he came for my birthday and he slept in like a recliner or something he woke up with like neck issues and oh like, no because <laughs> there was nowhere yeah. there was nowhere else to like sleep that's true yeah um i remember one time uh my parents came down and they were sleeping in my room and I, we were like, I totally forgot that we were running a comedy show in the living room. So then during the whole show, like I just kept being like, yeah, it's crazy. Isn't it crazy that my parents are like sleeping in my room right now and that we're having this comedy show and everybody's like, "Ah, that's so funny. Like they're just dying laughing and they like, nobody thought that it was real but i kept referencing it so every time i referenced it people laughed yeah. even harder because they thought i was just fucking around like really your parents are just randomly sleeping yeah, in yeah, the room. Yeah. it was like four in the morning and i don't know if you remember ian todd so ian yeah. todd and like all of us were just in the the living room and they're still drinking and like we're just laughing and had like having like a good time or whatever and my mom comes out to go to the washroom and she like pokes her head around and she's like Oh hey, I was like, oh hey mom, how's it going? His <laughs> face, like, he like literally couldn't even like his brain, like it just didn't like, compute. Like he was just like, I I thought I thought you were just joking, and I was like, <laughs> everything I say on stage is real, everything, and I, and then now it's like it blows his mind. Like now all of the stories and everything I make up on stage, I can only imagine him thinking it's all like, real, like. He's like, are you actually going through that right now, man? Like, yeah. he's like coming up, he's concerned after some sets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, that was a crazy, like that place was, was crazy. Like, and I love that we were able to have, because it was far enough that like, they, they couldn't hear us, but we were yeah. in the living with like amps, you know, and like shit like that. So yeah. Yeah. Blessed that like, you only really had one neighbor in that whole building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And they didn't care. They were like no. letting us do whatever. 
So that was they were great. Super chill. But yeah, yeah, good to um flipping back to like checking in on yourself. Do you do that like consciously? You find like, are you sitting down and making like uh like taking stock of like, am I growing? Where am I going in the direction that I want to go? Um, or is it something that you just are constantly having go through your mind like day to day? It's not. I wouldn't say it's day to day, but it is like there is time that I give to myself. And I also make sure that like, I only book maybe two or three meetings a day. And if I'm going to do events or like a lot of the stuff that I do is event based, right? So if I'm going to do an event, that that event is the whole day, right? And then leading up to it, I'll try to not book as many stuff so I can like have a good lead up to it. And then those events is like usually where I'm able to make a bit like of more money during those, right? So for me, it's like I have a different like schedule and flow of my days and stuff but I would say my schooling my my classes really is good for that like the other day um you start we started the class with all right we just want like a little bit of movement it's like a and it's very like uh, emotional based right so she just like would get us to move and she's like okay like feel it out if you want to yawn it's okay and it's like 20 people just like touching our faces and like yawning and like she's like okay I want you to like journal for the next 10 minutes like um the so we're talking about like our placements and things like that so she's like um uh, placement and supervision is this for me so like free form write that and what your relationship with that and so many of us were anxious about our placements in january so her getting us to like free form write about that then sharing with each other that kind of stuff so like my school is really good for that and then also my therapy like going to therapy every week uh is good for check-in in that way and then, um, yeah, finding things or places to be creative, I think is a huge plus, right? It's really important to feel like you could just make stuff up and have fun with it. And, and um, definitely the, the taking time for myself, like not overpacking my, my schedule and like having so many hours, you know, like that has been really fruitful for me, like to be able to just see where I'm at. And if I'm overwhelmed, then uh, one thing that I started doing was, um, I've been able to start rescheduling stuff. So like people could call it canceling, but it's like rescheduling meetings. Like, <laughs> like, like with you, that happened. Like yeah, I was, like, was so, so chaotic last week. Right. Because it was, um, I think we were supposed to do it on the Wednesday or something like that. And then it was like, I had, um, so I was working with the art gallery of Mississauga on Tuesday. We had this like huge event. It was literally from like, I had to start at like, um, eight o'clock there. So I woke up at like six 30, drove an Damn. hour to get out to art gallery Missaga. It ended at like five 30. So it was just like a whole day shit. And then that's when I was uh, on Wednesday, I was supposed to like do the podcast. I was like, no, I really need rest because I have to do it again on Thursday. So it was just yeah, like, yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't want to like overexert myself and like being able to do that has been really fruitful. And also surrounding myself with people that like, you know, um, that aren't feeling as if I'm doing it and it's personal, you know, it's mm. like, that's really important, right? Like I'm, I find that like before I was just whoever wants my attention, I'll give it to them, whatever. But it's like, now I'm really connecting with people that I can consciously have like good relationships that I can openly communicate with them and be very direct and being like, no, like I actually really am really excited to be on your podcast but I still really need to make sure I take care of myself. Cause like, yeah, of course I would have burnt myself out last week and then did all this stuff. And I, I didn't get to like fully be present for it. I think that I wouldn't have gone, like it wouldn't be going would have been a bad podcast. Yeah. You know what exactly. I mean? You wouldn't have been in a right yeah. frame of mind. You, you would have been thinking about a million other things. 
No, I totally get that. Yeah, yeah. That is important though, to surround yourself with the right people that will like understand that because I think a lot of people confuse growth with like doing a lot of things. So somebody might think like, Oh, I need to jam pack my schedule with all this stuff in order to be growing in whatever I'm doing. But then that can end up like burning you out and then doing the opposite of growth, which is like distracting you from, you know, taking that rest time where you can actually like process what you've learned and what you're Mm -hmm. doing and where you want to go really. Absolutely. Well, this reminds me of when I used to grind stand up so much. So I was doing like, a sh- like two to three shows a night, I wouldn't take any time off. I was just going and doing open mics all the time. And then compared to that to now when I have recovery time, when I have time to write, when I have like, events that I'm looking forward to, when I'm producing shows that I actually get really excited about that, like, are very, you know, nurturing for me, like, all those things have made me a better artist than I could have ever been by just grinding every single day. But at the same time, I also set a base of like what I was creating at that time too, as a performer, as an artist, and know that how much I can push myself until I like, you know, it was just finding that balance inside of that. So I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the idea of grinding, but it's like for myself now, just where I'm at, it just doesn't feel like what I, and also like, that's another reason it's interesting because I've had conversations recently where people are like, you know, you've been doing um, comedy for so long and like, what has it really brought you, right? Like, and, and that's something that I, I think about all the time. I've been doing stand-up comedy 14 years and it's like, ha- how many galas have I gotten? You know, how many club spots have I really gotten? How many, you know, all the stuff that people gauge what comedy is supposed to be in terms of like your standard of like, you know, what a good comedian and a bad comedian is. At the same time, it's like, comedy goes into everything that I do so like for me it's like I I understand the constructive criticism usually that people are trying to be like you know why are you still doing comedy and that but like it feeds my soul it literally is something that just like means so much to me and I love it so much and like anybody who like I've been doing shows with all these years when they get on a show with me like they can tell how passionate I am and how much I love comedy and how like much I laugh at other people's work too, because I, I care about it so much. Right. So for me, it's like, you know, everybody just has different standards of what growth is to it. But like, for me, I feel like I'm contributing to comedy in a different way. Right. Like I'm outside the box of what is the standard stand, uh, stand up comedian is, but like, mm-hmm. I'm doing shit that like other standard comedians have never done. Right. Like one thing that I did recently, I applied for a grant and I put comedy on my grant. And like, that's something that multiple people told me not to do. And if I get it or not, I don't care. I feel like that's a step forward for us as comedians to actually put that on our grants to be like, hey, this is actually a a very important part of my like, because I don't know if I I, I told you about this, but when I applied for the Canada Council um, previously, I got a call and um, the guy was like, oh, it looks like you have lots of stand up comedy as your uh, arts. And then I was like, yeah, I do. Like I I started like in 2007. I've just been doing it since then. It's just been great, whatever. And then um, he was like, well, here at the Canada Council, we do not consider stand-up comedy as an art form. Um, so uh, we, we see you have poetry and storytelling, which we can use as, but you are still considered a new artist. You know, that's what he told me. And then I, I actually was like, well, I'm really glad that you have like a, an awesome accent, because if not, I feel like this was much more insulting. <laughs> like, <laughs> so painful right it's like someone telling me like everything you that I don't matter yeah yeah, yeah yeah it's not real right and that was yeah. really interesting or interesting is like 
the word of the year that everybody's using for like shitty. Uh, oh, that's really interesting. Um, <laughs> but in reality, it was really bad, you know? And then, so when I applied um, for my first grant, like big grant that I was applying for, um, I just felt it was necessary to, in the grant, highlight obviously the, the storytelling poetry and things that I'm doing there, but comedy needs to be in the grant application, whether I get accepted or not. If that's the reason it doesn't get accepted, I'm just going to keep applying, you know? And it's like, yes, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of energy, but like, it's up to us as like us to be able to contribute, to move that forward. Right. And because just because um, like stand-up com comedians aren't even thinking as that as a possibility to even be part. So like for, you have to apply to be like accepted as a new artist or even as a regular artist in Canada council, but they don't consider comedy as it. So a lot of comedians can't even have that as what they're applying for the Canada council to get grants in. Right. So for me wow. doing that was, is something that I was like thinking about the other comedians. And I was thinking about all the comedians that I've been doing comedy with for so many years, and they can't even make a living doing it. They have to work full-time other jobs to do this. Right. And like, for myself, I feel blessed that like I have other avenues that use the skills that I have in comedy that I can make a living like as a professional speaker. That's really what it is. Right. So, but it's like, that's the thing is that people criticizing the idea that like, I didn't take the traditional uh, comedy roots. Like I, I open them, I open up that conversation anytime because it's like, it's something that I know what it is that I, I am giving or caring about them. About I comedy. think that would be an insecurity though, coming from the person who's saying that, because like, are the people and like, you don't have to say any names obviously, but like, are the people who are saying these things to you gala comics like are they people who are ha have accomplished all of these things or is it like another open micer who's like oh you know it what I mean? was, yeah it was actually my brother uh, i didn't oh, okay. I, <laughs> he was Get like, out of your brother. Been, like his I've opinion means even less <laughs> <laughs> well it's true because it's like do you really even know what it's about like because i they don't even know people. they're not even in it like <laughs> yeah. if it was somebody in it saying this to you i could be like yeah Sure. All right, maybe listen like if somebody's giving you advice that's in a position that you would like to be in it's like okay take the advice with a grain of salt but like if it's yeah. somebody who's not even in the entertainment industry you're like sure. all right yeah. just go away well, well the main thing that i did i i think is important to acknowledge at the at that time though was like it was brought in a sense of like oh i've seen you do these jokes before so like and now i see it again and like you haven't really like gotten like so it's like further. a misunderstanding of like it's, yeah but it's like the process I was doing, is yeah and i was doing like a gala set to a certain extent i was doing like my best like because it was for the fresh rice um yeah. showcase right so it was like in a huge like place like you know we were so hyped to be in the cbc like um a glenn gould theater and like everybody was dressed up nice it was just like such a, I was like, I'm going to obviously do like the stuff I've done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then like, it was actually really important for me though, because I think that a lot of those jokes, I ended up like, um, I just like retired after that. It made me like, it's so interesting you because kind of it closed was, the book on it. Yeah. It really felt good though. And like, I actually don't even think I've, you know, my gal joke, I haven't even really shared that one since then. Mm. Right. So that's crazy. I've done so many new jokes. Like I've been doing a lot of new stuff and it's been really, I've had so much fun doing it. And like, um, just being able to create in like, um, just a very like organic and, um, a big part of that, it was, um, uh, laughing Vikings being able to perform at Lars's rooms. Like, um, yeah, I did probably five shows at his place, but we're doing 15 minutes each time. And nice. then I, I ran like two, um, 
uh, free flows there as well, you know, like, so it was just like so many um, times that I was able to just like create new stuff and it just felt so good to be able to, to do that, you know? So yeah, it just really comes back down to like, um, you know, being able to continuously check in with myself and align, like alignment, I would say is a huge part of my, um, my strength, you know, like of, of just continuing to figure out like what, because I felt it before where I'm like, whoa, like this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing right now at this time. Like that I felt before so many times that like, I know what it feels like to be aligned with like my path. Right. You know, and, and, um, and that does come with growth, right? Sometimes you're in that middle ground where you're not feeling as aligned, but like you need time to like kind of recover. And, um, but yeah, I don't know if I've ever told you, but my, what my favorite word is, uh, my favorite word is serendipity, right? Serendipity. Not, not the movie, not the movie, um, but the, the word. And the word is so special because um, the definition of it is the aptitude for making desirable discoveries by accident. And what it is, is that like somebody being able to be skillful and strong enough to be able to notice these amazing gifts, these things that are presented to them to be able to now step forward into that. And that's what I really connect with in my alignment. I work so hard on myself and to be able to notice these things that present themselves. And like when you see it and it happens, bam, you just got to jump in and like, you know, be able to grab that. And that's the thing that people always like, I remember there were so many comedians that I saw that just all they cared about was getting a gala or, or, or getting a weekend spot and they weren't ready for it. I was one of the, yeah. I, wasn't I think ready we all go it. through that, right? Like you yeah. just see the thing that, and you just want it and you don't really understand like the steps that it takes or the process. And other people tell you that like, that's, these are the measures of success. So then you want it even more because then that means like social validation as well. Right. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's like your goals should just be your goals. Like maybe like, your goal is just to uh, like have an hour, like uh, just to put out an hour. That's your goal. You know what I mean? Like start with stuff like that. For sure. Well, that's one of the things that I always tell people, like when they're at, when they ask me, they're like, well, what should I be working towards? I'm like, I think that there, it makes sense of why there's the stand, like the standards of time of like the five minutes, the 15 minutes, mm-hmm. the, the like the 20, minutes, yeah. the 20, 25, and then the 45 minutes. And then like your full hour or whatever, you know, like, there's the fullness of it right so like even for myself one of the things that i was super grateful for when i did the fringe festival was that like i did an hour and a half every night right so like (laughs) i was just like telling like so obviously i was doing mix of everything right i was doing comedy storytelling and poetry and like so what i would do on the nights most nights was i would go in and i would just like talk to the audience a little bit, kind of get to know them a little and then like tell them like, oh, like this is actually what this whole night's going to be about. Like it's going to be about like love in my life and what does that look like and how I've like grown or whatever. And then I would start through the story of like from the beginning and go through and like tell poems and like whatever. And it was like, for me, what it actually showed me though, it was that being able to, like when I watched a lot of like full hour stand-up comedians, they tell so many stories, right? Like, especially even absolute when I would go watch there all about the big punchlines with like the stories. Right. So, and if you're filling out the 40 minutes or like the 45 minutes or whatever, it's like being able to be so patient inside of it. Right. If there's no laughs, you need to know that what it hits and what emotion that you're evoking is worth that silence. That's really mm-hmm. what it's about. Right. If they're engaged still, then there's all a lot of like reactionary, not head nodding. It's things just like that. building. Yeah. 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 So I would say though, that if anybody is wanting to get more comfortable with doing more time, I would say the fringe is one of the best 
places because you can do whatever you want with that time. And what that does is that alleviates a lot of the stresses and the pressures of what it would be from a club or from somebody who's booking you yeah. to do that. You basically festivals are totally different, right? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Especially, especially over there, it's it's not so much focused on that like stand-up comedy club style of like presenting a show. Yeah. It's like very like that's where Hannah Gatsby like came out and like exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I would t- I would actually uh, urge any like artist to to experience the one person show because what it does is that it forces you to like really be so present with your art. Like, what do you have? What do you have to offer for the audience? But what are you able to do to connect to your deeper sense of self? What is fulfilling for you as an artist on that stage? Right? Like, even for for yourself. I feel like you would do stand up and a part podcast on your, your, on your, your, like you could do so many different things on, on a, on an actual fringe show. Right. And that's the yeah. cool part of it is that you front the money, but you end up like having to like get enough people to come out and like do that. Right. So for me, I ended up losing a hundred bucks. So I, I got like, I, I paid seven fifty to get into the, to the actual fringe and I ended up making six fifty from it. So I spent about a hundred bucks on that. Um, and then obviously expenses and things like that. So I'm, I'm very open with that because I don't want people to think that like going into like your first, like make a ton of money or something yeah, or whatever. But at the same time, like it helped me in all of my arts that I had after that, because I did so many different parts of myself came forward during that time. Right. Like, um, yeah, it was like very emotional some nights, uh, some nights it was very hilarious. Like there was just so many layers of what it was that I was sharing and what it really came down to was like um, just me being so present with the work that I've done. Right. I've, di- I've shared so many stories. I've shared so many poems. I've told so many jokes and it was just me being present inside of delivering all the things that I've worked towards. Right. So for anybody who's been doing like a lot of arts for many years, it's like, it's great to have that goal to get to and then be able to present yourself. And it also forces you to really put yourself like on the poster. It's about you like sharing that shit. Like that's a lot of it, like energy into like believing in yourself. Right. But the thing is when I created that, I realized that the only thing that I cared about was to go in with the mindset of like, I need to improve. I need to be able to do more time. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that um, I was told multiple times uh, in 2016, when I did Toronto Fringe, and I was doing the, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I did the uh, shed talks. So I was literally, oh, I in remember, a shed. yeah, yeah. yeah I was in a shed and it was shed like, talks. Um, yeah, and it was like five people to 11 people were in there with me at a time as audience members. And I would, um, I had like six different um, things on a wheel. And so it was like uh, stand up comedy, storytelling, poetry, uh, miscellaneous. Uh, snack time and special guests. Those were like the six different things, right? And then I had a, a, a board that every day I would fill in what I wanted to do on the day of and um, and what the possible snacks were, if I whatever I had left. And then what my special guests were, I would fill in that day as well. And then people would spin the wheel and I didn't know what I was going to perform, right? But then like um, Evan uh, De- Demeray, did you say that he was on the show recently? Yeah. No, um, no, um, Evan, um, like 11. Oh, 11. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Evan Demeray told me um, that that must have been a good podcast, by the way. He's great. Oh, that's um, fun. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but uh, Evan Demeray, um, and he uh, was like, you should do 15 minutes and just like flow as many people as you can through and then just kick them out next people and just do 15 minutes, 15 minutes. And I was like, that sounds really great. But like, I'm building towards 
an hour show. So every show that I did, it was like they give you two hour or two and a half hour segments. I did two hours and then like kind of filter people in and out or whatever. Cause I knew I was building towards doing a full one person show. Right. So it's taking the steps that you're needing. That was one thing that I've learned during the pandemic as well too. taking a step in that growth and seeing where you want to get to. It's not going to be like, Oh, I want to do that. And now I'm doing it. It's like, there's big steps that can be taken. Right. Like um, even for myself, like applying for school, I didn't know if I was going to apply for school or not, but I took that course. Right. So it's like, Mm. take a step that like kind of is in the middle and then keep, you know, like really just strategically take the time and like understand that shit takes time. You know, like there's no, it's not like up. um, It's not uh, up to us to like, just throw ourselves into it right away. If we're not that even, especially for myself, I do think that I get a lot of anxiety and a lot of like get overwhelmed sometimes when I'm like, just in it and like just trying to tread water like I know how to swim I really do know how to swim but like when if you threw me off a boat and was like tread water and there's like possible like um all these wildlife, other dangers yeah, yeah, all yeah, yeah. Happening, you might panic like, a little bit oh like and it's it's like my body has that response as well right so I think that I do um a lot of times in comedy it's like you want to just do like the most ruthless shows and like then it'll build you up and that but like that's not how I learn the most i needed yeah. handheld i needed to be nurtured slowly i needed somebody to give me reassurance and like and like um build me up that way and like you know and a lot of times that was myself but like now i'm surrounding myself with people who i can have conversations with challenges with whatever right so i i do think that that's important for me is to like be able to acknowledge why i, I um, that's one of the reasons why the show that i run free flow is the way that it's set up that it is right there is an open mic portion then there's a booked portion, then there's a um, headlining spot portion, right? And so like, um, so it's up to, it's, it's, you start off on the open mic a lot of times, then we'll get you to do like a um, general featured spot or whatever, which is like, you know, eight to 10 minutes, and then we'll get you to headline at some point, you know? So it's like yeah. taking this, st- and I'm not saying everybody has to do that. If I've already had you on shows or whatever, it's sure, not, yeah, like, yeah. brand new, like, imagine that we've had people who are brand new that started open mic first time. And then they were headlining another show in like a year or so. Right. So it's like, we want people to feel as if like that, those steps, it doesn't feel like they're in that alone, which I feel like mm. a lot of times in comedy, there is that feeling, right? Like, and even if you're headlining spots, it's like, you're just going last on, a, on an open mic, you know, it's like <laughs> most people, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really like, um, you know, booking and people to see you and things like that. Right. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then no, I, I, I totally agree with like um, having that mindset about growth is like, we can be excited about like a passion or obsessed about it, but like you have to be patient with the growth, which I think we can, a lot of people are impatient with that portion of it, but that's just like a general commentary on society, you know, at large, like most people don't want, they want that like quick gratification. They want that, like, that's going to be harmful to them in the long term, rather yeah. than the stuff that sucks now so that it's good in a long time. Mm. Well, what's interesting is that that's what I'm like, and we're about to get into some like mindset talk, but like the idea of like, a lot of times in, people might think that it sucks now, but like, if you have the mindset and you've had the results previously of being able to be successful with the steps of that, then those steps don't feel as painful, right? Like me taking that course, 
in January didn't feel painful because I was like, oh, I'm still enjoying this. I'm still learning a lot. I'm still making good connections and connecting in this way. Like it's, it still is a great step. You know, it's not like the steps that you're taking is like, you're, you know, just feeling terrible. Wasting or time or wasting whatever. Time yeah, or like, yeah. yeah, you're, yeah like hurt people or things like yeah it's it's interesting that we like those narratives almost run automatically though at like a low frequency in your brain like whenever something like that happens and you almost have to just like you said just change your mindset about it like i'm always like just tell yourself that it's better than it is because it it doesn't make a difference anyways like if if you tell yourself it's bad then you're just gonna feel bad but if you tell yourself that it's good and you're gonna be learning from this then it's then you're going to perceive it as good and you're going to feel good too. Yeah. And this definitely goes into an interesting debate because it's like the idea of like, well, if it is bad, then it's okay to feel bad about that. But like, what's interesting is that when you're feeling bad about something that's communicating to you in a certain way that like, is the, is the juice worth the squeeze, right? Like, is that actually going to be worth it in the end? Right. And then I wouldn't say bad though, but I would say like judging yourself too much in those, in those times. Yeah, absolutely. There really is like, and that's a big part of, I think um, what's happening now is that there is so much time on our own that it's really hard to not um, have a lot of negative self-talk and like a lot of like um, perfectionism. Like that was a big thing for myself that like is like interesting, right? Like for me, like, uh, I'll give you an example. Like a lot of times, in my upbringing and like it's not like my my mom wants to be like this but my mom like she still has like certain things that like there's it's challenging for her to not like think optimistically in a certain way right I'll give you an example like uh like I I was telling her about this job that I that I was getting and how much I was going to get paid during and I was hyped about it because in the in my field especially in the arts and things like that you don't get paid this amount that I'm getting uh, that I've gotten offered right and then I was really hyped about it. And I tell my mom that, and my, my mom was like, Oh, but like your sister is like making more than that. Like, um, and she's like in, um, co-op, you know? And like, and I was just like, well, (laughs) like she's in computers. It's very different, you know, like, and it's just like a very different, like, um, it's not about like the comparison from in my mindset. And it's not about like, for me, it was like a goal that I had in mind. Like it's a number that I put forward because I believe in myself and it was way more than what was initially happening. And like, they still wanted to hire me for that amount. So like, for me, I was just like, really, um, and, and the thing is, it's like, I honestly can't even blame my mom, you know, it's just like the way in which that it's, um, where she comes from, it's a much, she works for the government. So like, that's what she's comparing it to. And like, that's challenging, of course. And it's coming from a place of caring too, right? Like, it's not, it may be perceived as like, judgment but in all honestly it's like they just want to make sure that you're good like you're, yeah you're, and take yeah. care of in a certain way yeah. exactly because then yeah. that's a reflection on how they've raised you also so that's why they're so like is this all right is everything good yeah <laughs> are you sure. happy sure. <laughs> yeah and that's interesting because it's like i guess my standard of what's like good and bad is different from them because like for myself like i've worked in childcare for so long and like in the arts and stuff it's like having a consistent paycheck and being like, you know, way more than what I was making working with kids, that also comes out to like the exploitation that I had at working with children, right? So I guess like it does make sense, like um, why that reaction was in that way, but it also comes back down to like personal criticisms, as I mentioned before, it's like, it's hard to not hear that type of criticism or like that type of perfection 
um, mindset when it is that I'm going into new avenues or different projects and things like that. It's challenging because I ended up like um, comparing myself to my, my, my sister and brother and like other people and things like that. And it's like a big part of that. Um, a lot of it comes out in my writing though, in my free form writing. So that's a big thing. I've done lots of workshops recently on that and like um, been talking to a lot of like youth about this and like how important having that people usually journal, that's what they call it. But like for free form writing, like it just has so many different styles that it could come out as and every person's different, right? If someone's like, uh, usually writes novel, like, they're like a a fiction writer or whatever it's like you're not going to tell them hey you need to journal more it's like you just need to freeform write whatever comes out whatever style that you want to like if someone's a comedian write comedy like whatever but like you need to be um or even if your writing's not even for you like record yourself telling it or like um figure out a way um one of the the thoughts out of your head really yeah well what it is is that it's acknowledging where you're at at the exact time of where it is that you're having that and what might be evoking emotion inside of you and being able to see it and um it actually goes back to what expressive art therapy is is that like um okay this is a random uh, situation example but um during our visual art weekend my teacher uh, or my professor got me to put like a, a painting um or like a piece of paper on the wall canvas style on the wall and she's like okay i want you to sit in front of this like piece of paper and I want you to put your hand on this piece of paper and I want you to acknowledge that it's not you. It is its own entity and that you are going to be like creating uh, upon it. Um, and then, so I was like, okay. So then she got us to close our eyes and then um, pick up like, well, pick up our, th- our, our paintbrushes and close our eyes, no paint on it. And she's like, okay, I want you to now like put the paint brushes on the paper and feel what that's like and what the strokes are like and like feel that like, it's like, separated from you and and she kept like emphasizing the idea that it's not you right Mm -hmm. and then um, she's like okay I want you to dip the paintbrushes into the paint and I want you to close your eyes again and like you could feel like half of the class because they're all like painters and stuff they're like buttholes clenching they're all like oh like it was like so intense close my eyes yeah I want you to close your eyes now and I want you to just envision different shapes and paint and just start painting on and so like so we started doing that. And then um, she's like, okay, I want you to put your paintbrushes down. I want you to look at the piece and got us to acknowledge it's like, and how that like this painting, it's like, it's like a child to us, right? Because it's not, it's not us. It's, it's like our child. It's not us, but it comes from us. So mm. it, 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 it might feel like it's representing us, but it's its own entity and it's going to be looked at and judged on its own way. And that's kind of what I feel when I'm journaling now, or when I'm freeform writing now, or when I'm even creating jokes to a certain extent. Like, that's what's interesting about jokes. It's like, now I'm starting to create them where it's like, they're their own existence. And the more that I'm like, trying to make it me, the more rigid it feels, the more di- like mm. harsh it feels, right? So that acknowledgement that it has its own autonomy in that way, it's more relational and it's not representative of me only, right? So then it makes us that I can take more risks. I can yeah. take more risks and try more things because- if it's not me, then I'm able to just like be able to just create. It loses freely. that filter. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I, I totally get what exactly. you mean. Filter. That's exactly the word that I needed to hear right now because the filter made it so that I was stopping myself from being as creative and like hilarious as I was in my comedy too, right? Because what was happening was that I was like, oh man, people are, people are going to think I'm so weird for thinking this. Oh, people. And like started judging myself on like what I was creating. Whereas like, 
when I'm writing it at first, it's just what's the funniest, most enjoyable thing. Yeah. And then I'm going back and like judging it so harshly, but it's like, this is still part of like, it came from me. So it's like, it, 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 I, it, I enjoy it. And I think it's great. So why not at least try and bring it to the people? Right. And like, it, it yeah. hasn't let me down yet since I started doing that. It's been so uh, great because it's made it so that I haven't, like you said, like filtered all the stuff and like felt like I was being judged for the stuff that I was creating. So um, yeah, that's a big part of my journaling and, and free form writing and things like that. It's really important to like, just go in without judgment just be present. Sometimes when I have challenges with starting writing, um, because I sometimes when I'm feeling too much, I can't access my my heart fully in that way, right? Or like my emotions fully in that way. What happens is that I just start more surface. I'll just be like, you know, I'm sitting by, by um, my typewriter. And um, as I write this, there's ink that's hitting, hitting the page. Uh, the light in my living room is still left on. Um, you know, uh, maybe the state things that you did during your day. And then it starts getting deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper, right? So it's just being so um, like just present with it and just being like, okay with no matter what happens, it's okay that it takes time and step. And that actually, I guess from our conversation here, that's kind of what's happened in like my actual life as well too, right? You don't have to immediately force yourself to the heart of the what's bringing you down or hurting you. It's It's important of transitions. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that would come exactly. full circle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. So you you would then like because we're coming up to an hour now. So let's yeah. let's move it right back to transitions where we started. Like, um, I guess the mindset of transitions would be to like be hopeful of what you're transitioning into and be excited mm-hmm. about what you're transitioning into and understand that 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 uncertainty of change is uh, a good thing. And that like, it hardens you a bit and it prepares you kind of, or over prepares you sometimes for what's next. Yeah. And also a big part of it is like acknowledgement. So like acknowledging how much work I've already done, how Mm. far I've already come, how many times. don't lose that. Yeah. You don't like, that's the thing is that people are like, Oh, I just want to start new. It's like, but you're starting new with like, all the skills that you, I don't know, somebody, I, I probably heard somebody say that as well too. So I don't want to take credit for like, that, <laughs> like the concept of like being able to really ground yourself in all the work that you've already done to get here and to be really grateful that like you have the skills now so that what it is that you're moving forward into, it is new, but it's done in with like a fresh pair of eyes, but it's also still being able to acknowledge that like you've worked so hard to get to this point where you have the skills that are going to be able to move forward with you. And if you don't have those skills, what is it that you do? Like, even for myself in school, it's like, I've been in school previously. I've, what is it that I did previously that I didn't um, do that was really good. So like one thing was I didn't do the readings previously. I would just cheat off everybody else and then like get, get them to tell me what there were. And then we would study together. And then I would, (laughs) yeah, yeah. they would always make like, um, like fake tests in my, my class. There was like, so then we would practice on the tests and then the tests were almost like exactly identical to the actual, like the people who were in my class back then, like when I was in, um, early childhood education were like the, so sweet and helpful for me, but like oh this God. group now being an adult and the way that I'm looking at it is like, I really do enjoy psychology. I really enjoy the readings and things like that. So I'm, I push myself now to be like okay i'm gonna do the readings because i didn't previously right so you're yearning for learning this time yeah (laughs) so uh, and then i'll be earning from my (laughs) yearning right so 
Um, but it's really great because it comes from both ends. It's like that groundingness to be strong and like be secure and like bring forward, like really like it comes back down to like feeling like as if you have your roots down of your tree kind of thing. Right. But like, yeah. then also the new stuff is more so like the actual branches coming out and the leaves as they're changing in that way. It's like, that's the transitionary. Right. And, and that's, what's interesting is us talking right now. Like today was the first day it was snowing in Ottawa. You know, and we're yeah. talking about transitions and we're talking so about nice. and things like that, right? So I really think that like it makes sense to be able to touch upon both, like how we're keeping our roots and grounding, but also that openness and that hope that you spoke about before. But like for me, that's one thing that I realized that I hoped so much before, but I didn't pair it with that um the actual skill and the groundingness mm. that I have. It was more so like, oh, I really hope that it all works out. But that made and it came a lot more. Uh, it came at the expense of effort too, right? Yeah. There needs to be effort to it was. It came people. in place of effort instead of being an addition to that, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it needs to be. There needs to be yeah. like so many hope layers. is not a replacement for effort, folks. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But it does help with mindset. Like hope yeah. is a good for sure. For yeah yeah um do you have anything you want to promote man i uh i've got your instagram up here if anyone wants to give anto a follow it's anto pun yeah. on instagram yeah, I, that's me. master on twitter that's me and then <laughs> um yeah i just like uh, also in the wow that's that's a beautiful biopic um but yeah those are my thank you so much for sharing those um please add me i always enjoy meeting new people especially if you're connected with arts and creativity like and uh the stage those are all things that i absolutely love doing i've been like mentoring um a lot more lately just being able to support other people to kind of take that next step into their creative journeys uh and just also talking about like this type of stuff like i love being able to talk about growth talking about life and things like that so uh, for me, it's a big part of like what it is that I'm putting a lot of my time and my effort into. It's so reflective, right? When I'm meeting youth that are like just starting to do like stage stuff, their excitement to get their first time on stage reminds me of how much like I I, I need to be in that mindset too when yeah. I do go on stage, right? So that's been really- Yeah, experiencing it like it's that first and last time almost Absolutely. every single time. Absolutely. And oh, I yeah. love that, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. So I am, um, I also uh, wanted to share that free flow um, um, showcase on Instagram uh, is something that we, I've been doing as well too. Um, so it's on, it's actually on my um, Anto Pan Fu um, link tree and all that kind of stuff as well too. So feel free to like add that. And like, it is a showcase. So if anybody wants to perform on it and we actually welcome like, um, yeah. So which one is it? Oh, actually I might've lied um <laughs> it's not on there <laughs> so yeah it's even on instagram uh free flow showcase yeah um free that flow one, that showcase. One, the, fourth, the fourth one there yeah 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 um, one, yeah exactly so it, yeah, it's, oh, uh, it's actually <laughs> so any artists that want to come on too we have um musicians comedians poets um rappers like but we also have visual artists that have come on and shared their art and things like that yeah, that's me on stage there. So yeah, we've been doing that for about two years. We started at um, right before the pandemic ha uh, started. January, we did. February, we did my chapbook release. And then we did a February show. And then bam, pandemic. And then we went uh. online like, right away. And then we did over 25 shows online. And damn. then um, this fall, we did two. We did two. Um, 
we ended up doing two live events at Laughing Vikings. So Free Flow is a really important space for me. We are going to be having a community conversation uh, in December at some point just to kind of plan for next year. What are people looking to do? But like community and uh, bringing people together. If you're just starting art or you're just getting creative and things like that, feel free to be in touch with Free Flow uh, page and then we'll let you know about uh, different um, events and activities that we're going to be doing. Yeah, and it can, can be online stuff too, right? Like you don't have to live yeah. near you guys. So just reach out to Anto. I always tell people to reach out to the guests if they enjoy the episode. Please, please, please do that. Tell yeah, them how absolutely. much you liked it. <laughs> yeah, but I Anto, thank, thank you so much for joining me on episode number 10. We're talking about transitions. Uh, if you enjoyed the episode, don't forget to leave a comment down below. Um, but until next time, stay classy, YouTube. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to The Johnny Rogers Show. New episodes air every Tuesday and Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time.